Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Here's something I want you to write. Salvation is a present tense lifestyle. You see, the longer some of you are saved, the more you misunderstand that principle. If you've been saved 20, 30, 40 years, you kind of like can settle down for the settled life. You can kind of just kind of kick back. But no, we're continually following Jesus. We're continually to work out ourselves. It's present tense. It's not an event and it's not something that just happened in the past. Being a Christian, especially in America, can become kind of cushy. There aren't a lot of threats to our lives due to our following Jesus. And as a country, we're so prosperous that there aren't many threats to our well-being either. The Bible, however, talks about working out our salvation. Pastor Mark is teaching of the necessity for us to treat advancing our salvation as an ongoing activity, not a one-time event. The Apostle Paul is criticizing the Philippians, telling them that they have stagnated and are spiritual babies. God has so much more for us if we'll pursue Him with all our heart. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 2 with part 2 of his message. Status quo? No. So what was Paul saying? He was not saying you're to work for your salvation. Doesn't work. Can't work. He says you have to work out your salvation. What you've already received as a gift is in you. Now you begin to work it out. Practice it in your daily living. What God has worked in by the Holy Spirit and that gift of salvation, then you begin to work it out. Now, what does it mean to work it out? Well, to be honest, this is one of the most important passages in the Bible that describes our need as a Christ follower to grow in our Christian maturity. We would use the religious term, the doctrinal term called sanctification, set apart for God. So what Paul is saying, you have salvation in you. You received it by a gift. Now do something with it. Show that your salvation is really, really real. So that brings us to the second thing that we do. Number one, obedience. We have to have willing obedience. But it's not just a one-time obedience. Here's number two. Our part Commit to being a growing follower of Jesus. The emphasis is on growing, maturing, being like Christ. Of course, this is one of our core commitments at CCM. Why does Paul challenge people to do that? 
Well, you understand this scenario very well. All of us know people who claim to be Christ followers. They claim to be Christians. And yet, as you look at their life, there is no discernible spiritual growth. And there is no change in their character. And there's no change in their lifestyle. Now, why is that? What are the reasons? There's really two. Number one, probably most of these people never really got saved. Most of these people never really became followers of Christ. Now, they may have come to the altar and they've been emotionally moved at a service. They may have watched Billy Graham or Greg Laurie and, and, and raised their hand and walked down. But nothing really ever took place inside. You see, they wanted spiritual life insurance. Maybe they were in a sermon or teaching, and I was teaching maybe on hell. And they went, I don't want to go to hell. How do I not go to hell? I'll get saved. Praise God. I'm right now. Boom. Here they are. But you watch their life over a while, and you never see them anymore. Or they come, and nothing is ever changing. What happened? Well, nothing happened. You see, they wanted this insurance without any desire to change their lifestyle to match that of Jesus. So there's going to be many people shocked on Judgment Day. I don't have time this morning. Matthew 7 says, Jesus will say to you, I never, I never had a relationship with you. And that's because we, well, we think this salvation thing is an event. It happens once and that's kind of it. I'll see you forever. That's not true. So the first reason is many people really never really get saved. And they just kind of go through the motions. Number two, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 3, the second reason. Now, these people are saved, but Paul calls them babies, Christian babies. Yeah, yeah. There's no growth. He calls them immature. First Corinthians 3 tells us that. Hebrews chapter 5, he says to them, they're slow to learn. So he, Paul talks about the second group of people. And they're here, but they choose not to obey. They really don't grow in their walk with God. There's just a teeny, teeny, teeny bit of growth. And because of that, they're useless. And one day they're going to stand before God empty-handed. They, they have nothing to offer God. All the potential here that God had in them, they never hardly move from zero. And so Paul says, that is not the lifestyle that God wants. And so Paul would say, listen to this statement. Paul would understand this 2,000 years ago. Our pews are populated every Sunday by people who have an intellectual faith, but not a faith lived out in daily life. They come to church. They throw a few dollars in the offering plate. They go through the motions, and they go home. There's no passionate love for the Lord, no real desire to spend time serving the Lord, and absolutely no power in their lives. They are like the people in Jesus' hometown. They've grown up with him, have a certain familiarity, but they've never experienced the power of the living God because they've never committed to a lifestyle of following and growth. 
You see, Paul would look at that and say, status quo? No way. That is not acceptable. Now, that little word back there in Ephesians and Philippians, work out, look what, look what it means. It means this, to carry to the goal and to fully complete. That's my part. So you were created with this potential, all the gifts and the times and the talents, all of this. It's right here at this level. Here we are as a believer. It takes our whole life to get up to that area. And so that word work out means to begin to reach the potential in serving and giving and witnessing and sharing. It, it, it takes our whole life to reach that potential. We'll never, ever reach it, but we get close to it. The immature person just never moves off center. And the person that's not saved never even gets started. So just stop for a moment. Take a little judgment call right now. Where are you? Here's God's potential. Where are you? See, Paul says, status quo, not a chance. Wrong. But our churches are filled with people who go through the religious motions. Verse 10, right where you're at, Philippians, tells us no status quo. Look what it says. Right after we see that we can't work for our salvation, Paul says this. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works. That's what our whole goal is, to be like Jesus, which God prepared in advance for us, look at the last two words, to do. God said, here's your potential. Now you do it. You work it out. Here's your potential. I gifted you for that. You work it out and reach that potential. So it's God's part, and it's my part. That brings up a simple statement you want to write in your Bible. You don't have to do it this morning, but write it somewhere you'll remember it. Really key things I put in the first few pages of my Bible. Here's something I want you to write. Salvation is a present tense lifestyle. You see, the longer some of you are saved, the more you misunderstand that principle. If you've been saved 20, 30, 40 years, you kind of like can settle down for the settled life. You can kind of just kind of kick back. But no, we are continually following Jesus. We're continually to work out. It's present tense. It's not an event. And it's not something that just happened in the past. We must continue to receive God's grace. We must continue to be filled with the Spirit of God. We must continue to confess our sins because we still sin. We must continue to have a regular quiet time. There's no way to reach my potential without a quiet time. In my quiet time back in July is when God spoke to me about this next year-long adventure that we're all on. And we must continue to abide in Jesus, John 15, so that you and I can be fruitful. Now, head back to Philippians chapter 2, right? Verse 12, where we were. And I want you to see something very important. Look at that last line again. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Continue to work out, circle this in your Bible, your salvation. Notice Paul's challenge, it's very personal. 
It's my salvation. It's my potential that I have to work on. Now look at me. I cannot work out your salvation. I can't do that. I have to work out my own salvation. Now, we just finished a whole series on marriage. How would this look? If I go home today, ever since I had my heart surgery like 13 years ago, I have a Schwinn air die. So I get on and it takes my legs and my exercise. How do I, when I get home today, I go somewhere? Hey, honey, I, I just taught three services a lot. I'm a little tired. I need to do a half hour, get my heart rate up. Would you please get on my bike and exercise for me? <laughs> How would that work in your home? I'd be in the marriage counseling tomorrow morning with somebody. I can't say to my wife, get on my exercise bike and exercise for me. You can't turn to your spouse and say, hey, work out my salvation. Thank you very much. No, it's, it's your salvation. And you have to work it out. I can't put it off to anybody else. It's very personal. Now, it's not only personal there. That simply means it's a consistent lifestyle of becoming like Jesus. No, no status quo. Work out, continue to work out, head to the goal of being like Jesus consistently. Now look at the last part, the last four words of verse 12. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Now what if I told you today, my topic for next week... I want you to be here. Is a God with fear and trembling? There'd be nobody here. I probably wouldn't be here. Who wants to hear that? But what does that mean? Well, this is actually an attitude that I must have while I work out my salvation. So here's our third part. Third part, our part. Write it down. An attitude of reverence and respect and awe. Paul says to the believers at Philippians, understand the value of your salvation. I want you to think about that today. How did you become a believer? Well, you didn't become a believer because you were born in a Christian family. You had to make the choice yourself. And how could you make that choice? That's because Jesus Christ loved us so much, he went to this cross, and he obeyed the Father, and he laid his life down for us. You see, the longer, the more years we're from that day of salvation, the more years we're from it, we have to be very careful that it doesn't become less valuable to us. And we just go through the motions. Do you understand today, when I die, when you die, or the rapture, because of God's grace, I'm going to be in heaven forever. Now, how valuable is that? What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? So Paul says, when you think about the gift of salvation, don't just relate it back to some event. You need to understand what God paid for your salvation. He paid everything. He gave his only son. Jesus laid his life down. So I don't want to let God down. I don't want to fail God. So Paul is saying, you want to take this thing called spiritual growth, working out our maturity. You want to take it serious. It's not a laughing matter. 
I'm not afraid of God, but I should have very much reverence and respect. So much so that I don't want to fail him. Besides that attitude, Paul tells us in Corinthians, one day every Christian is going to stand at this judgment seat of Christ. And when I stand there, it's not about my salvation. It's a gift. I'm given it. It's not about that. But when I stand there before God for eternal rewards, it's about one thing. Here's my potential. How did I do? Now, for many of us, we've been gracious. God's been gracious to us. We've been maturing. We're moving right along in that process. We're all, we're all at a work in progress. And so many of us, when we get there, we're going to be so excited. Because really, God's going to go, well, you had this part. He's not even going to mention that part. He's going to look, look at all that. Look at all you did with your part. Because you're going to see in a moment, he helped us do all of that. We're not going to go like, oh, yeah. No, he did it. But what about the person who's the immature believer? You're a status quo believer today. Nothing's happened in your life. Never bring a Bible. Never open a Bible. Not really interested in the things you got. Got your salvation. You get to heaven. God goes, here's your potential. Here you are. How are you going to feel? You see, what I want to hear is what you want to hear. These words. Well done. Good. Perfect? No, there's no perfect. Good. And what? Faithful. Consistent. Good and faithful. What's the last word? Hmm. Who's the boss? He's the boss. My privilege is to serve him. You see, that's why respect, that's why awe, that's why reverence. But there's more. Look at verse 13. Verse 13, Philippians 2, 13. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his purpose. Write this down. This is the key. We are not left alone. To work out our salvation. We are not left to work out our salvation alone. God is going to work with me. Huge. We're not doing this alone. You have God living in you. Some of you wish you would understand the principles I'm going to give you 40 years ago. Because there's many of you here today that are Christ followers who have been trying to please God in your own strength for year after year after year. It doesn't work. It was never designed to work. So look at verse 13 again. Two keys. In you. Who works in you. What does that mean? The moment that we became Christ followers... God put the master, the Holy Spirit, inside of us. So every Christ follower has God in him. And we are not to try to do this thing called life alone. We have God at work changing us from the inside out. Now, the next word I want you to see in verse 13 is the word works. It's a very different word than the word works in verse 12, this is God's part. It's God who is working. What does that word works mean? I want to show you the Greek. I'm not into the Greek, but when you see the word Greek, you'll understand it very easily. Energio. What does that sound like to you? I gave you the answer. 
God's at work with his energy, his energy, his enablement, his ability to make me effective. He is available inside me with his energy to accomplish, to take that amazing potential that I have and where I'm at and bring it closer and closer and closer. It's his energy in me. It's God's part. Now, what are all the things that the Holy Spirit, since you're a Christian today, maybe six, eight, ten, one months ago, I don't know how long ago it was, we gave you an iPhone app to show you all the things the Holy Spirit does. So if you're a Christian today, the Holy Spirit, God, third person of the Trinity who lives in you, here's what he does for you. He assures me. He teaches me. He reminds me. He enlightens me. He comforts me. He guides me. He helps me pray. He empowers me. You're not doing life alone. Hello. He lives in you. That makes me successful. If I rely on him. You ever get to this place? And I was sitting in the chair. God's been amazing this weekend. All the lives changed. So many people getting saved. And I sat in that chair during worship. This service, like I did the first service. And I said, God, I need your anointing in this service. Because it has nothing to do with me. You need to anoint me. See, if you and I get into the deal like, I'll do it myself. Nothing will happen. So what is God's part then? What does it look like? Here's the two things. The first one you want to write. Number one, God's part. God's part is this. God gives us the desire to obey and to mature. You see, let's admit it. There are times that we simply don't want to obey and we don't want to mature. Sometimes we just get spiritually lazy, apathetic. But Paul says that God is there at work energizing us encouraging us to obey and to keep on keeping on. It's he, The will equals the desire. So even when I don't want to, God will change my desire. In my Bible, at that verse, I've written this for many years. God is changing my wanter. My wanter. He is there. He's at work in me. And he's giving me the desire and the determination to make him look good. I'm not doing this thing alone. I'm not maturing alone. I'm not working out my salvation alone. I'm trying to become like him with God's help. First thing he does, he gives me the desire to do what he's asked me to do. That's huge. You know, any successful diet only happens if the individual dieting has the desire to make it work. If your friend or your spouse has a desire you don't, will not work. You will obey when you're around them, but you'll find the Twinkies when he's not home. Somebody just got busted right now. That chocolate bar that's hiding under there. God spoke to you big time. Today, Pastor Mark reminded us that Christian salvation is not a one-time event, but an ongoing journey of a lifetime. Using the letter of Paul to the Philippians, we were taught what God's view of our Christian walk is and how we should behave in this world as God's representatives. We were also told of the importance of humility and reverence as we're living for Christ. 
Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. Next time, Pastor Mark will close out the teaching, Status Quo, No. He will reiterate the many things the Holy Spirit does for us to enable us to successfully carry out the Christian walk. We will also be reminded of the importance of doing the things the Bible tells us we need to do, reading the Bible and praying, to live in a tight, right relationship with God. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Contagious Outrageous Joy. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.